This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode three of our spooky season spectacular here on the Max Destruction podcast. And it has taken me this long, but I finally done it, ladies and gentlemen. I finally got a DC fan uh, as a guest host. And honestly, I don't think it's ever going to work out any better that we're like going to tip two through the tulips. Uh, and it's, it's going to be an outstanding episode. I can't wait. Uh, my guest host this go round is another wonderful member of the Dynamite Network, Zach. Zach, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, bud? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, like Ken is saying, I'm the host of the Senjo World podcast, where I take two anime characters in a very similar fashion to this show and run their stats to see who would actually win. And, uh, yeah, it's it's super fun, especially if you're into anime. Most definitely. Uh, so uh, Zach and I kind of came along around the same time when it came to these outgrowths of the Dynamic Duel podcast. Both he and I were executive and still are executive producers on that pod. Uh, and we were basically the first ones to jump on the hype train um, to continue on. And I, I would say it'd make it better. Obviously uh, yours and on mine are definitely the more superior products. Uh, and you don't have to, you know, just take my say. So just take Spotify and Apple podcasts uh, ratings for us. Uh, we're kind of kicking ass. Uh, uh, no big deal. Right. Uh, so Zach, man, I, I really appreciate your podcast. Uh, we've talked a little bit in the, in the behind the scenes, uh, I'm not as huge an anime fan as you are. Uh, you know, I, I remember coming up, it was like Toonami for me, right? So if it was Do- Dragon Ball Z, Gundam Wing, uh, Outlaw Star, that was the kind of anime that I remember. You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, the American anime. But yeah. you go deep. You go real deep. Uh, and some of some of your pods have... Have inspired me, of course, to go into some of the animes that are maybe very popular. I'm thinking like Full Metal Alchemist uh, to actually like brush up on that. Uh, I know my girls are definitely into it, so I, I know some of the characters that you're you're working with is a plus. Uh, so excellent, excellent. Uh, so far, what's been your favorite episode? Um, honestly, I would have to say it was the not last episode, but the episode before that, where I had um, John on my podcast. And uh, yeah, me and him, I just had like, he's not really a big anime guy, but like, we had so much fun just with our back and forth doing all of that. And uh, I gave him the Chainsaw Man, speaking of, um, and he, it's just, it's right down his alley. Like, it's essentially like Ghost Rider, the anime version of it, right? So, um, that was definitely probably one of my most fun episodes that I've recorded. And it's probably because me and John are old podcast partners. So we kind of already have that kind of chemistry and everything. So yeah, it was, it was just a good time. Oh, definitely. I, I, I really appreciate having John Strosky on ours uh, as well. Of course he was uh, the pinhead to my Pennywise uh, the last episode. So it was just kind of, 
uh, meant to be for having you on. And again, sick, sick having a DC fan on, you know, this is, I, I opened up the, the, the firewall to let you in. So I think he's probably yep. going to be here to stay uh, if he will. Um, <laughs> I don't know how Dustin's going to feel about that, but honestly he's Marvel. So who cares? Um, so apropos of nothing and the leader of segways, of course, Zach is on for episode three of our spooky season, which is going to be Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Candyman. And we'll get into their uh, backstories and their sound a little bit later. But first, why don't we go ahead and introduce Zach to Wham. So, of course, Zach, uh, John was able to pick Wham from last week, uh, and he went with the, the, the Uber character, as we discussed, uh, Ultra Instinct Shaggy uh, from Scooby-Doo, of course. Uh, we, we couldn't wait to see what the audience would say, and uh, they came through in, 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 in high-flying fashion, of course. So, uh, Scott Camacho, of course, one of our favorites who drops his knowledge, uh, posted uh, Johnny Cage, but not any Johnny Cage, the Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat, the original movie, uh, Johnny Bravo, uh, Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible, and Joseph Garcia coming in hot with Ghostface from Scream. Uh, so really, really hitting on that horror, unmasking, you meddling kids kind of action. Uh, what would you say, Zach, would be your favorite matchup? Um, out of that group, I would probably have to say Johnny Bravo, like, like, you know, um, I feel like he's got that. I think he, out of all of those people, I think he'd be the only one that would be able to put up a fight against ultra instinct Shaggy. That's for sure. Oh yeah. No, I, I definitely see Shaggy coming out on top on that, but that's only because he's not motivated by anything but food and domination of his skills. Uh, he's sort of like Goku like that. Uh, and, uh, Johnny, of course, has been unmasked multiple times by Velma and Daphne uh, as, as something else, if I remember correctly, from that old show. So that's pretty badass. Uh, thanks, guys, for coming in. And when we hit up this next week's Wham!, uh, I think we might just do the best of the last three episodes for our final week. But that's more to come later. Uh, so, Zach... I know in your podcast, you guys break down the bios just like Dynamic Duel does. Of course, we do things a little differently here on the Max Destruction Podcast. We have our third uh, ring leader of our pod, Geo, uh, who, of course, had to franchise out of New York City because his deli just kept getting destroyed. So he's in Connecticut now, uh, which is, I think, perfect for our horror movie extravaganzas because it's always some un unknown town uh, in Ohio or Illinois, and, and in this case, Connecticut. So, Gio, why don't you take it away and explain how we come up with the backstories using the tale of the cocoa butter. Here at the Max Destruction Podcast, and more specifically, the Destruction Deli, we use the tale of the cocoa butter to break down the character's bios, abilities, and equipment for the match. Think of it like boxing or the UFC tale of the tape, but a lot more 80s action hero style. Glistening muscles were all the rage, and therefore these mooks use it as measuring device. Ticket number 26. Yeah, thanks, Gio. I really appreciate it. Uh, as my guest host, Zach, why don't you go ahead and go first and explain who is Leatherface? Alrighty, so Leatherface. Surprisingly, Leatherface has never been played by the same actor in any of the eight movies that he's actually 
been in, right? Every time it's been a brand new actor, which is kind of surprising. You know, you see Michael and Jason always have recurring actors, you know, at least for two to three of the movies. But this guy, yeah, there's a new guy every single time. And But when you watch the series, it's almost like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is very convoluted. A lot of like Texas Chainsaw 1 leads off into four different parts of like the franchise. It's very weird. It goes like Texas Chainsaw 1, then there's Texas Chainsaw 2, Texas Chainsaw 3, and then you have um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is literally continuing from Texas Chainsaw 1, so it bypasses 2 and 3. It's 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 very confusing, but I don't know. I, I, lo- I love this franchise. So Leatherface, his real name is Jebediah... <clears throat> sorry, Jebediah Sawyer, and he's a fictional character and the main antagonist of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre f- horror film series. He is typically portrayed as a mentally handicapped and is known for wearing a mask made out of human skin, which led to his nickname, Leatherface. He His character is loosely inspired by the real-life serial killer of Ed Gein, one of the most brutal serial killers in American history, and he was also famous for skinning his victims alive and wearing their skin as clothes. Um, So Leatherface background is marked by a troubled childhood. He is diagnosed with a type of um, neurodegeneration at the age of like around 12. He's exhibited, he exhibited tendencies towards self-mutilation. Despite being manipulated by his family, they show some care for him, a bit less than in the original films. Like later on in the series, his family seems more caring and everything about him. But in the original series, he was just kind of like, like a dog essentially. Um, So his birth was the result of a self-disgust and his mother's influence and feelings constrained to a life of evil despite having some good within him. Um, Leatherface's weapon of choice is a chainsaw, earning him the terrifying uh, reputation. However, he has also been known to use other tools such as cleavers, hammers, uh, to kill his victims. His nickname stems from the human skin mask that he wears, a chilling reminder of his gruesome acts. And in terms of powers and abilities, Leatherface possesses high endurance, savagery, uh, making him a formidable threat when chasing down a victim. He can saw through bolted doors and blockades. His strikes are capable of inflicting high damage. However, his speed is one of his weaknesses. And he can lose track of his victims if they go into like small like crawl spaces or like tiny passages that he actually can't fit through. Um, despite this, though, his ability to land that critical hit while revving his chainsaw, potentially killing a victim instantly, just makes him a horrifying adversary. And yeah, he and he normally stands between six two and six seven, and averages around 230 to 365 pounds so he varies from from movie to movie and uh yeah that's that's leatherface 
Badass, my friend. Uh, so this, I definitely will say, is is one of my higher rated uh, matchups for the horror franchise. It was very difficult to find uh, a, an opponent for Leatherface, right? So you have your stalwarts of, of Michael and Jason and and uh, Freddy, but even they really don't match the brutality and and the just the the horror of Leatherface. Uh, I think more so than just the character himself, he truly embodies that that fear that everyone has. If you have to drive through some backcountry road, that's always the worry that you are going to break down, and it's going to be someone like Leatherface out and around in you know backcountry Hickville, right? And I say that as I come from very close to that uh, myself, um, but you know. At, I really appreciate you brought Ed Gein in. Uh, I hadn't talked to him about him much in the past, but if you really trace back every horror serial killer uh, in in movie history, they pretty much can all go back to Ed Gein. He's sort of the Kevin Bacon of horror, right? Um, yeah. Of course, you know you have all the other serial killers, but Ed Gein definitely takes the cake when it comes to like cannibalism and things like that. So uh, solid work, my friend. However, I'm I'm sorry to say this, uh, he didn't have a chance in hell against your opponent, of course, which is going to be Candyman. So the Candyman is the uh, titular character uh, of the 1992 hor- slasher horror film uh, with its two other sequels and then a remake that just happened uh, a few years ago. Um, it's loosely based off the short story The Forbidden from the anthology Books of Blood written by, of course, Clive Barker. So if there if there was a, a uh, horror author that inspired more characters than Clive Barker. I'd say it's probably like HP Lovecraft, but he was even that I think Clive Barker might have the cake. So Candyman's real name is actually Daniel Rubitale. Uh, I'm probably butchering that. Uh, he's played uh, very inspiringly and amazingly by Tony Todd in the original s- series. Uh, incredible actor. I remember seeing him in like episode eight of Smallville uh, and freaking out. Uh, because he is just synonymous with the creepiness that, that is Candyman and, and amazing for it. Uh, so Daniel was a slave, of course. He was an artist and was employed by a wealthy landowner named Haywood Sullivan. His talent was painting, which he painted a portrait of the wealthy landowner's daughter, Caroline Sullivan, whom he had fallen in love with. Uh, he is the lover of Caroline Sullivan and the biological father of Isabel Sullivan. He is also the ancestor of Annie Tarrant, Caroline McCleaver, Carol, uh, Claire Lyle, and Roxanne Robinson. After his death, Daniel returns back to the earth by the name of Candyman, killing whoever says his name in the mirror with a bloody hook that replaced his hand. Uh, of course, due to yeah, he was tragically killed because, of course, he was in in every horror movie. That's what happens, right? Uh, having been murdered under unjust pretenses and for personal revenge, Candyman arose from the grave and became a wraith-driven specter, haunting the land from wherever he'd been executed. But rather than reduce the land of the Cabrini Green or the Sullivan household, depending on which movie we follow, as an as uninhabitable, Candyman preferred to keep the Denzings in the dark. Uh, unaware of his presence until they made the mistake of doubting his presence. Uh, So he sort of works the opposite of Freddy Krueger, right? So Freddy Krueger just loves to uh, 
keep his name out there so that he can maintain his power. Uh, Candyman would much rather kind of just be on the on the down low, right? So kind of in the background uh, as as a story, and then that is when he strikes. Candyman, while well-spoken and articulate, is portrayed as an incredibly self-absorbed, narcissistic, and vain, valuing his own reputation over human life. His sole motivation is to maintain the rumors and stories surrounding his death, uh, as he believes that the longer people talk and fear him, the more he will continue to haunt the land, later to be shown as fact. The only times he's ever killed someone was merely a means to remind the people of his existence by striking terror in their hearts. Candyman is also shown to have uh, a severe God complex. He implies his own self on, on the presence by identifying himself with the rumors and imagery based on around his name and likeness, further claiming that without such things, he is nothing, making it clear that he enjoys hearing people talk about him. Candyman takes his role as God quite literally uh, as he refers to the denzines of his burial grounds as his followers and congregation. Furthermore, Candyman does not kill his believers should they abandon his faith in him, instead opting to murder the people who have called him out as being superstition, such as Helen Lyle, who in the first Candyman movie told a young boy from Cabrini Green that the Candyman had merely been an alias used by serial killers to get away with their crimes. The people that worship Candyman, the resident of Cabrini, residents of Cabrini Green and New Orleans, have a habit of participating in offerings for the vengeful apparition. During the first film run, a rundown apartment flat houses a sort of altar to Candyman's name. A pile of chocolate sweets and razor blades inside their packages is placed in front of a large graffiti depicting Candyman's screaming head. Also, during the events of his life, the Cabrini Green's African-American community created a makeshift pyre, which they set up blaze. An obvious ritual used to appease the spirit. In the second film, the people in New Orleans had created an actual altar in the attic of the Sullivan Mansion, and the shrine having skulls, candelabras, and a large wall painting depicting Candyman in a crucifix stance. Now, of course, Candyman was shown to be killed by just a severe beating. Uh, of course, this was definitely during the time where slaves and and, and freed black men were, were lynched for just looking at white women in the South, right? It was a terrible time. And that's what this film really kind of goes off of is, is taking that, that fear and hate that was going on and, and applying it to this man. Uh, he was beaten, his hand was cut off, and then he was covered in honey and set up, set upon by just a couple uh, thousand bees, uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, this going into the powers and abilities. So Candyman uh, not too many of, uh, of Candyman's powers have actually been shown through the movies, but it's well known that he is immortal because he has been around for a century and does not age or need food and water to survive. He's also able to teleport at fast speeds as well as being able to face through walls wherever his victims ran. He was there before he got there. He also possesses superhuman strength, being able to throw his victims through walls with little effort and also is shown to have some regenerative capabilities. He's also had the power to uh, over a massive army of bees that live within his very being, as shown in the first Candyman film, uh, which he covered an entire city in bees. He has some telekinesis, but for the purposes of this match, we're going to just go with the previous. Uh, he also had his main uh, implement, of course, is his hooked hand, which looks basically like a meat hook that's been attached to his hand using nails and, and viscera. That's Candyman. Now, I'm realizing that Leatherface is, is really just a force of evil. He's still a human being and, and can be killed. So I can't wait to see how this rolls, Zach. Uh, do you have anything you want to go through before we work into the sim? Um, well, it seems just going off of like 
how the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre is playing out. They're kind of making it seem like he's more of a supernatural being now, kind of like how they're like changing Michael into being more of a, a supernatural, like he can't die. So it's a little bit up in the air if you could actually kill Chainsaw or um, Leatherface, but you know, yeah, for the purposes of this, as far as we know, he's just a normal human who's just a psycho. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Well, we'll say a psycho with a high constitution because I've definitely seen Leatherface get jacked up, uh, but I can't wait to see how it rolls. And of course, we don't do this via our own biases, just like in your podcast, we utilize the same Monte Carlo method. And why don't we have Gio explain how we roll through on max destruction? Do you honestly think these idiots would be able to put their biases aside to come up with an answer to who would win? Absolutely not. So they did the next best thing. They stole a probabilistic model that a computer can use from the dynamic dual jamooks. Using this model, the guys input a character's stats, such as strength, fighting style, and most importantly, humor. They run the model 1,000 times to decide a match. But think about listening to a computer do anything. It's stupid boring. So instead, the guys end up simulating a fight in an environment that will undoubtedly put my fifth generation establishment in harm's way. The simulated fight doesn't have any bearing on the results, but I guess to some it's funnier. Yeah, it's unfortunate, Gio. And I'd say it was very rude of you uh, to, to call uh, Zach an idiot. I know you're talking about Dustin, so we'll let that go, of course. Um, so I, I know for your, the purposes of your podcast and mine, we do things a little differently than the, than the dynamic duel guys. I'd say for setting up this fight, both of our characters definitely seem to be the hunters. Like they have to be hunting somebody to be involved in that area, whether or not they're called or they just happen to be in the wrong fucking house, you know, in, 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 in reference for you. So I'd say for the purposes of this, this match, uh, we'll say it's right on the border of Texas and Louisiana, uh, just to say it's probably close to both of our wheelhouses. Uh, there is a group of kids that likely ran uh, into the Sawyer family uh, and are, are doing everything that, you know, horror movie teens do, uh, trying to get away and get eviscerated uh, by uh, Leatherface. Uh, however, some idiot in town told one of the idiot kids, we'll say the final girl, that there's a, a spectral that will help save if you're if you're in problems. You just go yell Candyman three times in the mirror. And again, this lady believes her. So this house is where this lady is at. And unfortunately for her, both Leatherface walks into the house and Candyman comes through the mirror, eviscerating her. But he knows that there's other people in the house. And that's where we'll start this fight. Uh, again, because you are the guest, Zach, I'll go ahead and let you go. What do you think uh, Leatherface would do in this environment? Okay, so Leatherface would definitely bust through the door right and just go after the first kid he sees i guess we should call them teens because kid sounds <laughs> a little brutal kid sounds a little brutal but um yeah i would say he would go definitely just go straight after the first kid he sees and just you know starts revving his chainsaw and just you know cut that kid in half and then i guess he would turn around and then i guess he would notice another bloody man standing in the bathroom 
Right. So it, in in the case of Candyman, you know, he was probably really excited about killing another couple of of unfortunate souls that just happened to bring him into this house. Uh, he knows he's not in his normal area. So everybody here is fair game. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, killing supporters, but he does love the fear that is driving them. And all of a sudden he realizes that another one of the people just died. Like the fear is gone. And he, he, he phases himself through the wall, like of where the area is. And he sees the giant man in front of him with a chainsaw. Oh, which he kind of smirks, you know, that's very cute. Uh, however, the blood that you shed should have been mine. Uh, so I think it's go time. Uh, in which case, Candyman's going to lunge off of the landing. He's at right at uh, Leatherface, plunging his uh, hook into him. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So Leatherface, you know, that would would annoy him if anything because we've seen him get stabbed and all kinds of stuff throughout his movies so he would probably just grab he would try and grab Candyman like by the arm hook thing and just kind of throw it out of him and i would say he would just follow up with just trying to like hit him with the chainsaw just come down with the chainsaw trying to just slash into him all right, so uh, Candyman likely gets gets thrown off. Of course, the the hook disengaging, and you know, in the back of his mind, he's thinking this 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 is not a normal human being that I could just kill at whim, you know. But this man bleeds, uh, so if he can bleed, I'm going to I'm going to send it. Uh, so he likely is going to get you know scathed by the chainsaw, but it probably just cuts his coat, and he loves this coat. It's the one thing that seems to be. The, the thing that he wears all the time, uh, and now you've just pissed him off. So now Candyman's going to roll out of the, the, the spin. He's not exactly the most agile human being on the planet. He very much is that imposing, scary bastard. Uh, so he's going to roll up and stand up, in which case he's going to kind of lift his arms, and there's going to be the, like, the demonic chanting going on behind him, because, again, that's what happens in every film. And then a rush of bees is just going to encase Leatherface. Okay, so Leatherface definitely uh, is uncomfortable with this situation. So he ends up, you know, just starting to kind of freak out, trying to get all the bees off of him. And he ends up like doing his kind of his chainsaw dance if you're familiar with that. Um, and he's just spinning around and he's just like cutting up a whole bunch of bees, but he like, he's just having kind of trouble. So he just kind of drops to the ground and just starts rolling around and with his big body, just, you know, smush most of the bees off of him to the point. And then he gets back up and he would just, you know, just charge at Candyman, being annoyed that he sent a whole bunch of bees after him. I definitely remember that dance is probably my favorite part of the entire movie uh, from one is, is the chainsaw dance. However, we'll, we'll, we'll just give you cool points for that, Zach. Uh, so <laughs> Candyman's going to take this charge and he's going to be laughing as, as he watched this, this giant of a man get brought low by, by these bees. Uh, and he's going to take the charge. So he's, they're probably going to go through a couple of walls because this is, Candyman, who is larger than life, and then this giant of a man toting this chainsaw. Now, 
Candyman is going to notice that that is the one thing that this guy is carrying around. It seems to be the only weapon that he's utilizing. He's not dropped it once. So instead of attacking him head on, like going for the face or anything, Candyman's actually going to slash out again with his hook, but this time at the wrist that's holding the chainsaw, causing him to drop it. Okay. Okay. Leatherface loves his chainsaw. He is not going to take that very well, getting not being able to use his chainsaw. But being as powerful of a man as he is, being able to, you know, punch through walls and stuff, he just picks it up with his other hand and just keeps swinging it, you know, getting a couple slashes in on Candyman, just kind of making Candyman kind of back up a little bit. He's definitely going to be taking these. He wasn't expecting uh, this this brood of a man to be, you know, as quick as he is. So he's he's taking some of these slashes. You know, dark blood is kind of oozing all over the place, and like bees seem to be coming out of the wounds. You know, to look more badass, of course. Uh, and this is the time that he is going to fall backwards into a wall. But instead of going into the wall or through it, he's going to kind of phase out. So he's going to disappear from the area, um, and he's going to be kind of. Moving things, you know, making, the, again, the chant come out of nowhere, it seems, uh, and, and uh, attempting to drive more fear into Leatherface. Okay. Well, I don't want to be mean, but I, I think Leatherface isn't intelligent enough to process said fear. So I'm going to oh. say he doesn't really get scared, and he's just more confused right so he just kind of backs up and just runs straight into the wall thinking that he can go through it just like the guy he's fighting can and he just smashes through the wall kind of landing on top of uh candy man on the other side and candy man likely was just hiding on the other side because that's that's how he rolls and he's very narcissistic thinking he was going to be able to scare this guy you know, as, as simple-minded as he, he might have been, he thought fear might have been his ally. So at this point, Candyman just understands that he's got to put him down. Uh, there's there's no other way of putting it. There's no real way of toying with his food now. So Candyman is going to lash out again with his hook. But again, instead of looking at, you know, his head or his heart, he's going to lash out not at the guy's hand, but at the chainsaw itself. Uh, gumming up the blade itself, causing the chain to break. Uh, and utilizing the chain to slash Leatherface's throat, ending this match. Okay, okay. Or I would say when he when he sticks the claw in, or the hook into the to the chainsaw, the hook actually ends up getting ripped out from like the arm, and Leatherface ends up picking that up because like i would say it would have just kind of like explode like not exploded but like you know it would have just separated into a bunch of pieces i guess right so leatherface would end up picking up the hook and just kind of hooking it in like underneath the chin into you know the skull of Candyman, and just in like one fell swoop just like over top of his head just hooked in the mouth and then flips him over onto the ground and then stomps on his head crushing his head killing him that is a very gory way of doing it and i'm so glad that you did uh so folks we'll go ahead and leave it right there because sort of like michael myers and jason these two probably could just go on forever um 
So we'll call it there and we'll, we'll let the fate decide, of course. But before we get into that, uh, I like to do the destruction spectrum here on the pod. Um, before we get into it, I'll have a Geo explain it. Geo? The destruction spectrum, or as I like to call it, the insurance adjuster's notes, the guys take each character's destruction potential and decide on a scale of 1 to 5. Really, it's all about how much damage they do to my deli. Since you guys think it's hilarious, I guess I'll just keep switching insurance companies. There is certain to be a ton in New York, right? <laughs> so so the destruction spectrum for these two, Zach, are, are enormous. Of course, you know, you have, you have Leatherface who just walks around with a chainsaw and is ridiculously strong. We have Candyman that can literally bring a city's worth of bees uh, upon a target. So this, the Geo's Deli, I'm curious how you feel about it. Where do you follow that on the, the line of one to five, do you think? Um, I would have to give them maybe like a high three and a half because they're not really using like explosives or anything like that. But the two of them can easily destroy a wall, I guess you can say. Right. Or like, you know, a lower part of a house. No problem. Like Leatherface walks through walls and, you know, Candyman is, is a tough guy. Right. So I would give him, yeah, like a high three and a half if, if that's. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I don't think their potential is on the par, same par as the omnipotence of Pinhead versus Pennywise, uh, but they definitely would cause some problems. So I, I would agree like a three and a half. Uh, it's it's not going to be a great day uh, for anybody involved, of course. Um, so with that, Zach, we come to the end. So of course we 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 ran the numbers through the simulator, and uh, I will go ahead and read the results. So out of a thousand matches, the winner between Candyman and Leatherface, ending se- episode three of this spooky season, is Candyman. Uh, sorry to say, 71.1%, so 711 to Leatherface's 289. Uh, a little more one-sided than I thought it was going to be, honestly. If you take the amount of pow- like supernatural power out of Candyman, maybe more online of where he's at n- now with the newer series, and then have Leatherface with his newer backstory, I feel like maybe this would have been a closer match. But I'm I'm a sucker for the classics just like you are. Uh, and it's not an, a shocking uh, turn of events, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. How do you feel? I, I agree. Like, just on versatility alone... Candyman is is through the roof versus Leatherface being, again, just a normal human being, right? So, yeah, like even even just going through the walls and everything, like, you know, that slows him down just being normal, right? Where Candyman can literally teleport and phase, costing him, like, you know what I mean? No injuries, like, you don't know what happens if you bust through a wall. Oh, you get cut across your gut with a pipe or something, you know, who knows, right? So <laughs> it, I, I, I agree. I, I, I don't have an issue with these, with these results. It makes, it makes sense. I was hoping that Candyman wasn't as supernatural as uh, he actually was. So. A so- solid fight anyways, my friend. I feel like that was, that was a, a good way of doing a tit for tat on this. And I'm, I'm super, super impressed uh, just how we were able to jive, but I think it, it's a town amount to the fact that we're both doing this now, you know, at least weekly uh, with our own cast. So super awesome. 
Uh, of course, again, we're not going to do a wham this week, guys. Uh, it's it, we're, we're at the end of the spooky season, so I've got a, a special wham planned for next week. Uh, so, Zach, unfortunately, you won't be getting that. Uh, however, both you and I are on social media, and if you want to give one plug for Send Your World, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you can find me on all social medias at the Senjo World Pod, and on YouTube it's Senjo World Plays. And yeah, and I'm on every platform where you listen to podcasts. Yeah, excellent work, dude. And I, I, I think we're gonna start rolling into video casts ourselves. Uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. I think that's probably gonna be the next step for for most of us on the Dynamite Network. Uh, again, we've taken what they, the, the brothers have done and, and just continue to push ourselves, and I can't wait to see what's next for us. Uh, of course, yeah, Max Destruction Podcast is on Twitter and Instagram uh, and our email, of course. Uh, so go ahead and continue sending in. Season 2 is just heating up, and we are excited to roll through. So maybe next week you'll have a different guest. Maybe I'll bring Zach back on. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's all kind of uh, relative at this point. So, Zach, I really appreciate your time, man. I really appreciate you coming on and, and doing this fight with me. No, it was a pleasure, man. I I love doing this stuff now. Like. Any, any time, any time, just hit me up and, you know, I'll definitely make some time to come on the show because, yeah, I love this stuff. Excellent work, man. And with that, we'll go ahead and bring this episode to a close. Look for us uh, next week as we finish this up. Uh, happy Halloween early for everybody. Uh, of course, that's going to be the, the culmination before everyone starts going crazy about Christmas, which is ridiculous because here in America, we celebrate Thanksgiving uh, and, and up in, in America's top hat where Zach's at. Uh, it's not so much an, an exciting thing, but of course, we, we appreciate our brothers up north. Well, ours is in October, actually. So we did. <laughs> so we did ours uh, two weeks ago. So oh, that nice. was Thanksgiving. Yeah. So our November is pretty pretty empty. <laughs> Perfect, man. All right, dude. Well, we'll see you later. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Take it easy. <laughs>